dusty ins, just cause the outs, and let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about. Welcome to Let's Talk About the Arts. I'm Fergal Curtis. I'm delighted to be joined by drag artist and business mogul Victoria Secret. Behind Victoria is the business savvy and fierce artist Philip Kyo. Philip has played a blinder during the past 18 months with various online gigs, podcasting with his co-host drag artist Davina Devine, organising charity gigs and so much more. Philip is back doing what he does best, performing live as Victoria to drag fans. However, She has been doing this in the UK and Northern Ireland as the roadmap for live performances in Ireland is currently very unclear. It was great to sit down with Philip and discuss his experience as a performer during this time and the many events he has organised that are lying in limbo. Please welcome Philip Kyo. Hello, I am joined by Philip, Victoria Secret, as you may know them. Um, how are you today? I'm good. I'm not long out of bed, to be honest. <laughs> I uh, was in Belfast performing at the weekend. Yes. And I, so the, the socially distant show thing, by the way, yeah. means that we have to do two shows in one day. Uh, oh, okay. Two shows in one day when it's a Saturday night and you're partial to a cocktail. Yeah. Means technically, you might start with a cocktail at two o'clock in the day and you finished at what, like 10 or 11. And then, of course, I wanted to go and see uh, my drag sisters in Belfast yes. show at midnight. So... I yeah, spent most of the day in bed yesterday. It was lovely. <laughs> Listen, deserved. And you drove home yesterday as well. I drove home yesterday. So the yeah. travelling as well is going to take you. Yeah, age. I did my lateral flow test and waited until I was sober enough to drive, to drive Fabulous. home Fabulous. Well, I appreciate you coming in to <laughs> chat with me today. And that's kind of what we're going to get in today. Okay. Is the reason I reached out to you mm-hmm. is because I've been following you on Instagram. I see that you've been in the UK, Northern Ireland performing. And you also put up, you know, a post on Instagram a few weeks ago about we need to clear a roadmap. You know, it's not fair. We don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And obviously every artist is different. We're all having different experiences. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, that's Philip is the perfect person mm-hmm. to bring in. You've, you're experiencing live performances and you're experiencing having to cancel events figure out how it's going to work. So I wanted to start with um, a tweet that the Gaty put up uh, two weeks ago as well, around the same time you put your post up. And they said, I'm sure everyone's seen this, but to the 50 people attending today's matinee at the Gaiety, please allow extra time to travel as there are 24,000 people traveling to Croke Park. Mm -hmm. And for me, I read that and I was like, summed it up. Yeah. That's how the arts is being um, treated. So I wanted your, first your response to that tweet or that saying, if you haven't seen it, and what that yeah. means to you. Yeah, okay, so for for people that um, haven't, like, say, listened to our podcast or anything like that, my background as well was in theatre. I worked for Axis Ballymun for 12 years. Yes. Um, I was their marketing manager. Um, so the art has always been at the core of every part of my life in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of fell into it. I'm going to be honest. CAO choices. We all put certain things down. And I had law down. There you go. Ended up being an opera singer. Like <laughs> n- My mom, even at the time, was like, why are you putting law down? That's silly. That right. Like- so, but this was my third choice. I knew that I wanted to do something business-based. Okay. And then um, IDT out in Dunleary have like this... Um, 
the, sorry, this like arts related business degree. So I went and did that, ended up in theatre. Just so to see that and still be in touch with my friends who are in theatre, who, you know, have been struggling to operate in any way. I had theatres reaching out to me during um, lockdown one, lockdown two, and saying, how are you doing your live show? How are you ticketing it? Because we were doing ticketed live shows. We weren't just giving it away for free. Um, because I honestly don't believe in that in the arts, because I think Irish people need to have a certain um, value to it, to respect yeah. it. So I was like, well, we can go and do a free Instagram show, sure. But then two weeks later, people are like, whatever, it's there. Will we catch it? Will we not? Yeah. Um, there's no investment in there. And then there's no in- exchange between those two people. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, and it's like 500 days since we've had a show, I was like, this is... I, w- I want to say bullshit. Am I allowed to say bu- bullshit? Yeah, you're okay, allowed. this is bullshit. Yeah. Like, um, how is this happening? Like, and, you know, the arts is, like, so many different things. Exactly. And, I, like, I know that, like, there was talk before about, like, we stop uh, stopping the arts to make a display towards what the value it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it was. For one whole day, like, maybe five, six years ago. Yeah, like, you need to stop reading a book, watching yeah. Netflix, doing anything that the arts have creation yeah yeah uh, to really make people aware of where, where the funding is going and what we're investing into uh but then we just didn't get a choice and <laughs> that happened do you know yeah, what i mean exactly and to be sitting here now um it's a monday i drove past crow park yesterday on the way home from belfast uh, it was like a music festival was happening along there yeah. um and i mean all props to the gaiety because I'm currently at a point where I won't tweet about the GAA anymore because when I do tweet about the GAA I get a very specific type of person replying to me and it just turns into some sort of hate coming at me even though my point isn't about the GAA I want the GAA to have their their uh, matches and for people to go and see things but where's the conversation about what's happening in the arts right now exactly and that's what's missing and you know what's lovely is that and I don't want to make it about this because everyone deserves annual leave. But right now, some of our politicians are abroad and are partying it up um, in Spain. And that's real cute for you. Yeah. But meanwhile, my um, drag family are still figuring out how they're paying their bills in something that they've potentially invested two decades um, of their life into. But I think this is the issue. It's fine if you want to go off on your summer holidays, do your thing, have a great time. But don't leave a whole community that you're meant to be looking after Mm -hmm. in the dark and go, we'll deal with that when we're back. You know, that's the issue. It's not the issue that the GAA get to go ahead or they get to go on holidays. That's not the issue. They're just highlighting the issue Mm -hmm. that we are left to kind of be like, figure it out for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Make work with kind of regulations that we're like, I'm not sure if this is the regulation. So I have to take extra precaution. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's really... Mm-hmm. It's just really tough and really disheartening, mm-hmm. I think. And and honestly, it's the bigger players who are only going to get heard in this. So, exactly. you know, um, the festivals are going to be heard. Uh, MCD are going to be listened to. Um, Aiken. But, like, you know, meanwhile, like, small 
arts businesses are just left in limbo and like have no voice whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, what are we going to do? Call our local representatives and what are they going to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, from I don't read the news anymore. I don't uh, watch the news. Um, it was giving me terrible anxiety at the start of the lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't cope with it. Like, because I live on my I own. I was the same, yeah. And I just was sitting with my thoughts all the time and I was like, this isn't good for me. And then also, like, the news um, has honestly become a place where they're only really talking about doom and gloom and I don't need that in my life so however uh, from what I hear they're not even involving like the minister for the arts in the conversations of the yeah. reopening now I could be talking out of my ass here so by all means someone tweet me and correct me but <laughs> yeah. that is what a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend told me <laughs> and potentially it was over tequila so that could be total lies so yeah it could be <laughs> or dramatised yeah. being like and you'll never guess what yeah. no one who even is in the arts is in these discussions right. um, I'd love to take a sidestep for a second for and it. try and focus on something a little bit more positively so you have been you just said performing in Belfast this weekend mm-hmm. you've also been in the UK recently and I was I was planning this interview uh, last week and I was like I'm going to take this moment to live vicariously through (laughs) uh, Philip but then I actually had my first live gig yesterday so I was like amazing now on a smaller scale but it was really nice to be back in the environment and just be like forgot that I enjoyed this Mm -hmm. forgot these tiny moments that I enjoyed or like even stupid things like oh, I have a half an hour my sister lives down the road mm-hmm. I'm going to go down there and get ready yeah. have a coffee like silly little things just work yeah you know but I still haven't performed on the scale that you have been back to okay. I would love you to tell us a little bit about what's that what that has looked like for you in the last yeah, while sure. and how it's felt I think what most people um didn't really feel the artists did feel was um, how work actually makes them happy and maybe yeah. we didn't appreciate it before that and it doesn't matter what your job is but all my friends were able to get up out of bed and either work at the end of their bed on a desk exactly it kept their brains ticking meanwhile lots of people were being told to like retrain and go and do something else well some of my friends tried to do that and their cvs were not welcome in this world right now well that's such a massive conversation we have on this podcast Mm -hmm. you know i only released an episode last week where years ago after my master's i was like i need a break i don't know if i'm cut out for this Mm -hmm. and i applied for so much yeah and most people were like just don't think you have the skills whereas i i was like no, I definitely have the skills. If you just translate that to that, you know, I can do it. Yeah. But that's the problem. People don't even recognize people with certain skills in the arts as being able to be organized, Mm -hmm. run, you know, offices, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they just see a massive gap in your CV going, I'll say, what have you been doing? Exactly. Um, So, I mean, and and, and before I talk about the positives about the UK, the other thing is, I really tried to find spaces within... Um, Dublin that small things could happen that were COVID um, safe Uh, I reached out to Dublin City Council about it Um, there are spaces that it could have worked Um, Mm. but let's face it nothing was facilitated to help make that happen a couple of grants were given to do some sort of outsource I mean you know what there just wasn't enough done this is something I actually don't know is drag supported by the arts council like is that something that they're like yeah cool we can put money because you know there's certain art forms that you know let's say podcasting isn't always necessarily seen as yeah an art form which mm-hmm. it absolutely is mm-hmm. whereas like i also work in opera 
Mm. and money is pumped into that. Right. Is drag supported? Because I actually don't know that. I don't think so. But I also think there's a wider conversation that like we need to have with our own arts community and go, what do the rest of the arts community think of drag queens? Because um, I think... Absolutely. I, I... dare I say it, I think it's probably looked down on a little bit. Um, Whereas what I will say is it was probably one of the most resilient art forms throughout the pandemic. We still entertained. We still were able to connect with our audiences and we didn't need a middleman to do that because we were doing it all by ourselves. That's essentially because we've always done it by ourselves. Well, this is, yeah, that's how I see drag queens is it's not just I'm a performer, Mm -hmm. which no, no performer is, but it is this list of like, let's say the craft is literally just makeup, wigs, padding. I'm sure I don't even know the extent of it, but then it's organizing your gigs, breaking down doors, Mm -hmm. you know, you're an event organizer yourself, you know, social media, social media, a light bit of comedy, you know, being able to potentially dance or at least fake that you can dance or find your performance style, you know, yeah, styling a costume or sewing a costume or hair. There's so many um, art skills involved in that. Yeah. So that's a total separate one. And I went in a tangent there. (laughs) I would love to have a longer conversation about that. Please come back and uh, let's have that conversation and, and I'd have a round table conversation about that with the arts in general that we could all go you know what do we all make of each other do you know what I mean but regardless yes. of that the, the the positive thing that I like have have scooped away from is yes I went to the UK firstly I did a tour with um Jackie Cox and Lemon where it was socially distant it was unknown if the tour could go ahead until like the week before their flights okay. were booked 48 hours before um before they had to arrive in they had to isolate um in manchester in a hotel for two weeks which anyone that's been to manchester to spend two weeks in a hotel not always the most uh, cute pe- yeah. space to spend two weeks <laughs> so more props to them um and that shows as well these people want to work so they're going to yes. sit in a hotel room and isolate solely um for two weeks 10 days i think it was um and then they needed a test to release before they were allowed to perform and as soon as that show was over they had to be flown straight home like there was no like i'm gonna pop to london and you know do some shopping that's it that's totally fine they were happy they were back to work uh every city had different regulations manchester um it was somebody's birthday and uh was insistent that once somebody started singing happy birthday i had to shut it down there was no noise allowed you know um to at the end of a performance you could applaud mildly so i used to introduce people saying you know um uh, because they don't know what the leaving cert is over there. I would oh, talk, about, uh, talk about, you know, getting two G- GCSEs, it's Jackie Cox, and then they'd mildly applaud, like everyone was getting a diploma. Um, right. So honestly, that was, the two shows in one day is very tiring. Yeah. I, I did it at the weekend with Crystal Method. You're emceeing twice the exact same material that you've done. Like, obviously people do it on the West End, and they do you know, the matinee and the evening show. I, I can see how they burn out if that was all the time. But this was like two weeks intense every day, two shows a day. Yeah. Um, so we were all feeling like tired from that. Uh, then the day after they left, it was announced that Freedom Day is what the UK have been calling it. Um, which um, I'm presuming mostly, this is an Irish listenership mostly. Yes, yes. yes. Um, which I was 
really tickled as an Irish man that they chose freedom. Yeah. Day, um, <laughs> as a, you know, country that have colonized half the world and mm. gotten their nose into much business. And it's something I spoke about on stage quite regularly because it's fun to poke fun at those things. Do you know, when I was in college, I'd be, I don't know how it would come up, but we'd be talking about it. And most people were like, what? Yeah. They have no, because they're not thought about it in school. No. They have no idea and I'd be sitting there or they'd even like I'd still get questions like I was in London from 24 to like 27 mm-hmm. still getting questions but is Ireland its own country yeah or is it part of the UK and I I'd know. be like no you you have to be joking this has yeah. to be a joke like yeah, yeah. you know it's crazy so I mean, it is good to but I mean, get on hey, stage and say it Brexit we also did hands at the exact same time there which yeah is, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Brexit was really entertaining for that reason because I was touring at the same time yeah. and they just didn't have a clue. So I was able to talk about how, you know, Jeanette was really excited about getting their fisheries back. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> I was like, okay, now you all know what happened over there. Yes. Anyway, I still miss Marks and Spencer's being fully stocked in Ireland and I'm not over that, by the way. We are <laughs> no, still... It'll take a few more years. <laughs> we are still like six months in Struggling. waiting for more selection in the vegetable section. What's going on? <laughs> Um, so sorry, I'm I'm a I'm a absolute waffler. But um, in relation then to uh, post Freedom Day, yeah, they could do whatever they wanted. I still can't get my head around that. I know. I, I'm gonna be honest. I only had one vaccination at that point. Okay. And internally, I was like, okay, I personally have feelings about this. I think it was too soon. Um, yeah. From September, they're introducing that you're allowed to go indoors at the moment. But as far as I know, from September, you will have to be doubly vaccinated to go indoors. Okay. So I think, you know, a huge part of this is political that like, you know, Boris didn't do the best job and the party mm-hmm. didn't do the best job at dealing with, you know, um, the pandemic. And maybe they're trying to do some reverse PR. However, as I said, I don't read the news. So I'm just really having a gay, a very gay opinion about You're that. experiencing it here, there, yeah. and going, it must be this. Right, totally. So I'm generalizing. But, um, but this then, is what we want. We want the experience from the artist. Totally. You know? But then to be there and it's the first show and I'm like, oh my God, people are close. People are right up against the stage. People are touching off each other. Nobody's wearing a mask. Mm. Uh, I had anxiety about, about about going back to like okay. touring in general and I kind of saw that that was coming and decided that I wanted to do some counselling about like, you know, returning to the real world. So right, I'd already I been talking that. to my counsellor about that and really trying to, you know, get my head around that. Uh, so I was preparing for it because essentially I live in a one bedroom apartment and I, my sitting room has been a stage for maybe, I think I did close to 100 shows in my, wow. in my sitting room. Um, you were really safe. like Right. Yeah. So, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, the first show was 100 people. Fine. The next day, there was 1,200 people at it. It was outdoors. So that was something. And I had specifically asked that all the different artists backstage were like, you know, because I was emceeing for 12 hours. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm hoping that not everyone's going to be backstage at the same time. So they're not we're all on, on top of each other. And they really took that on board, which was great. And made sure that everyone was given separate space. However, it, I mean, they don't have to. You know, it's, it's back to normal. And then I realized a week into it, you just become so used to normality again really quickly. Gotcha. So I suppose anyone that's at home thinking, am I ever going to get used to it? The body adapts very quickly. Um, and Do you know, it's so g- gorgeous to hear you speak from that side as well to be like 
there was anxiety there. Mm-hmm. I was nervous because like having this conversation, I was really looking forward to it to figure out how we could move forward. But I was also like, I do still want to be cautious mm-hmm. of COVID, yeah. of people's safety, of all that. So it's really nice that you seem to be coming from that side as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, there is something really exhilarating about um, smelling an audience again. Um, Interesting. And I, and I mean that in every These way. These were the moments I wanted to yeah. know. <laughs> I mean that in every way that I possibly could. Like, I, I, you, you listen, like, like, Ireland and the UK are not known for well-ventilated buildings or air conditioning, <laughs> a.k.a. we all sweat. Yeah. And it was pretty much show one. I was like, okay, I remember this now. Yeah. I remember this now. Or like, you know, just seeing people... Trauma response. <laughs> yeah, seeing people spill a drink again. Because yeah. like, uh, however, I will miss table service. I think that is going to be the biggest tragedy that we're going to lose out of this. <laughs> Give me a QR code and the least amount of interaction I can possibly get to order a drink or food. I'm very happy. Yeah. Um, give me a seat. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm also oh, not... Oh, listen. Right? That's what I'm going to be... I need my seat. I know. Like, and getting served, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> absolutely. And also, um, as a, you know, uh, somebody that will frequent not just gay bars, uh, yeah. I have forgotten how to compete with some gorgeous leggy model who's standing beside me that the barman wants to serve before me. Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to like deal with that and holding your 20 in your hand being like please notice me do you know what I mean like, please just give me my drink yeah <laughs> however I'll take it all because I'm over it it's, okay. it's it's time and especially looking at the one thing that I do google regularly which is the vaccination numbers and how we are you know we're, we're ahead of the UK now and we don't even have socially distant events like what's I know about? this is the thing it's like what so obviously you've explained over there that they're kind of like real book out the, just go back to normal get on with it, great. Is that the best approach? Hmm, I don't know. Uh-huh. But also, we have a stadium full of 24,000 people. Yeah, well, 40,000 yesterday. 40,000 yesterday, yeah. yet we're not allowed, like, the gig I did yesterday was minimal. Yeah. And it had to be ticketed. Yeah. Half the people didn't then show up, so then you're performing to, like, socially distance, some of the seats are empty. Yeah. You know, what can we and like my sister's down the road and was like will i come along and mm. i was like yeah i suppose so. and she's like do i need a ticket i'm like yeah and she's like oh i can't be bothered yeah you know but it's like what c- can we find a balance between what we're doing mm-hmm. and what they're doing and yeah. what is your opinion on that having experienced both sides i'd like us all to remember gdpr for a start um it was put in place for a specific reason and yeah. now that's gone out the window okay um i'm like Probably half of the UK and Ireland have my phone number, uh, height, <laughs> height, waist, uh, size, and other details that they've collected. And Kay. that was not from an app. It was because they, <laughs> uh, yeah, because they're collecting it. That's uh, going to be a whole other uh, fun story that we need to deal with after all this. Yeah. What happened all that information? Where did mm. it go? Is it being destroyed? Fun stuff like that. Because I have started to get a lot of cold calls in the last uh, three to four months. Really? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's connected. Now, that's okay. not me being like, I have 5G installed on me right now. That's just me going, I never, I don't give out my number. <laughs> so yeah. where is it gone? But anyway, sorry. The question you asked me, because I'm a flutter brain, was again. <laughs> so I'm saying, in, How do you've I experienced UK, you've experienced here. And both are kind of the extremes. Yeah. What balance could we find here that yeah. could work for us? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, like, firstly... Right now. Firstly, 
what what should have happened let's start with okay where was the push towards uh, ireland building outdoor spaces instead the push continued to be um taking away outdoor spaces building hotels and that's mm. facts only if we had had the tivoli space that was the um available in dublin eight of course. Uh, and that hadn't been not clearly it wasn't respected as the arts space that it was yeah. they had a car park that was outdoors, that had um, staging set up, bar set up, and food set up. That's yeah. right on our city centre, on our doorstep. And we let that close for a hotel. Um, all of the amazing staff that I got to know that worked there loved their jobs. They were bringing in stuff that no other space could do in Dublin, and yeah. we let that go. So uh, where was that? That's what we needed to do. Nothing happened. And this was even before yeah. the pandemic. Nothing. I, I called places that had car parks. There's, um, I think, a place called the Mason uh, beside Guinness's. Uh, they have a huge car park that is due to be an office space at the moment. They have a bar at the side of it. And I was like, this is this is a no-brainer. But like, it's not even open. So they're not open. Anyway, yeah. that's what I would have liked to have seen happen. Like, let us experience things in an outdoor... It was supposed to be an outdoor summer. The only outdoor summer I saw was teenagers on South William Street who... I'm going to be real intimidated the shit out of me and made me not want to go into my city centre where I live. Um, mm-hmm. Not experiencing stuff beyond sessioning on the street, which, by the way, everyone's entitled to session on the street because they've been, like, kept in captivity yep. for so long with no clear communication. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I More power, too, if you want to do it. I personally was too intimidated by the numbers and the stuff that was going on. Uh, what I would like to see happen is... Um, Honestly, like I know, I think the government are on on annual leave until mid September. Yeah, but like that's too late. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, first uh, of September, we need to be having like socially distant events. If weddings can happen, if the GA can happen, um, why can't we be having a hundred people socially distant in a venue at the moment? Do you know what I mean? The artists are willing to do it. Fifty people are happening in in certain places. Like, oh gosh, I'm like. What? How is that even like only 50 people? You've yeah. got three different floors. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's a start. And also like measure this, spe- like like put out regulations based upon the size of your venue as well. So, you know, if everyone's a meter away, then that's your capacity of how many people you can fit in the building. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be 100 people. Um, I'd like to see that happen first. And then I think the way our vaccinations have been going, we need a date now that is, you know, okay, things can happen from this date as per normal. Yeah. And even if it's not going to be that date and we come to that date and it's pushed back another two weeks, we need some hope. We absolutely need some hope. Yeah. I did a gig for Young Fina Fall as part of my online events, okay. um, which... Um, <laughs> was hilarious to me by the way <laughs> uh, and I also by the way outside myself for that gig because I thought I don't know if these people really want this they yeah. booked it through a company and I was, remember thinking switching around going are they going to enjoy this or is this some events company that thought they're going to enjoy this like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and then I got there and I'm like oh I don't know if these are my tribe um, and so I used that time to question them on on when my events will be back Amazing. and I asked them um I said I have Vicar Street on the 28th of, of October, um, which 
sold out two thirds of its capacity and I stopped pushing it before Christmas because I thought I can't really push something and spend money on marketing that I'm basically sinking money into something that might not even happen. Yeah. I was like, is this going to happen? And they're like, oh yeah, 100%. It's definitely going to happen. Which I haven't said on any podcast or anything like that. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I was just internally going, okay, curious now. So we're yeah. getting that close now to that. Here's is this going to happen? Exactly. Is it going to happen? I. But the fact that like God, you found out by being in an environment where you got to question and you had the mm-hmm. kind of, you know, balls, I suppose, to go, come here. Let's have this conversation, you know, but a lot of other artists are sitting around going, hmm, what will I do now? You know, might this be back? Might this be like, there's just in regards to roadmap, we have nothing. We have nothing. So we can't even plan our lives. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many people are taking a sidestep and going, right, I just got to do something else because, you know, it's not. There needs to be more protected art spaces as well um, Yes, like we lost Andrews Lane as, as a space as well um, I, I know there's that No More Hotels group that are really like pushing um, that but that, you know that's a lot to do with like nightlife and clubbing as culture I'm really coming at it from event spaces now like yes um, and uh, nightlife Trends have changed in general in Ireland. Mm-hmm. I think people are seeking pubs ever night clubs and disco pubs at, 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 uh, more so than like super clubs. Mm-hmm. However, um, we don't have city centre spaces that can stage um, for audiences of three to 500 people unless you count Liberty Hall Theatre, who yeah. I have a great relationship with, who are absolutely brilliant, who thankfully don't rob people blind in, in rent to use that space, especially when they are now the only space in the city centre beyond the O'Reilly um, Theatre, yeah. um, which operates very differently because it's, it's a school. It's a school, yeah. do you know that kind of way? And it's not necessarily programmed in an art space way. Same as Liberty Hall though, like it is for private rentals. Yeah. But now like a space like Liberty Hall is going to be eaten up by the big promoters do you know that kind of way because they now need to find homes for so many gigs um and i'm just so thankful and lucky that the george is yes equipped with a stage and a sound system and a viewing space that can house shows properly and also that the conversations i've had with them the whole way through this pandemic and you know can i program this in yes i'll reschedule it i've offered refunds to anyone who can't make reschedules i've had a very open and honest conversation with the audience who've booked being like i don't know if it's going to happen but i'm going to announce it if you can't go to the new date i'll offer you a refund it's been a huge amount of admin but in the background has been the george going yeah perfect that's great like We'll, we'll do whatever we can to help you but like it's not really an art space so like yeah exactly where are, where are the art spaces in the city center now yeah that is something i did want to discuss with you because obviously you are an events organizer you do the majority of like organizing your gigs here well especially here in Do- in ireland mm. um how frustrating has it been from that point of view of not having a clear roadmap and you just said admin there there's so much admin. so much like on top of trying to get back to your job of performing and creating mm-hmm. events yeah you're also being thrown like extra work mm-hmm. how frustrating has that been and could you like give us a little bit of an insight into that so people know how annoying i wish i had a better way of putting honestly it, irish people are just not that annoying and i, I mean that truly like we're, we're pretty good at not being um dicks we're, we're pretty yeah. um patient 
Um, so there has to be a lot of credit given there. There's obviously always one or two. Um, I suppose I mean it from the government side of okay. like, you know, not like giving us clear roadmap. Yeah. So you have extra things yeah. to do on top of everything. Yeah. Like what are those frustrating little moments of go, oh, now I have yeah. to cancel this gig. Mm-hmm. Now I have to reach out to all these people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just extra work for you. Yeah. yeah. That you're not getting paid for it. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at Losing all. money. Yeah, not at all. Uh, it's been frustrating because people are asking me questions like, I know the answer in that way. Like, yeah. Do will this gig happen? And it's like two months away. And I'm like, I, I just send them a really honest reply and say, I have no idea. I'm really hoping that the government are going to announce, you know, some sort of update for the arts before then. But until then, you know, my guess is this and my guess is that. And they'll mm-hmm. say, okay, thanks for your email. The, the, thanks for your response. And they've been really cool. Um, Like, I'd say in terms of, like, refunds, like, the most anybody, like, percentage-wise of, of the events, maybe 20% of an event might have asked for a refund. Okay. Um, So that's really sound. Yeah. Like, that's sound. I'm so thankful. It's been so different in the UK. Yeah. But I also think that a lot of that has to do with I treat my business as less of a this is the business and more this less is... Less customer it's, service. It's, it's me. Yeah. Like, people are seeing that it's me putting on something. So they know that if they are contacting me, they're actually just contacting me. They're not com- contacting, you know, Ellie from accounts. They're not contacting, yes. you know, Paul from customer service. Um, there is nobody. It's mm-hmm. me. What I've been so lucky for is my work in the UK has get, led me to make all these connections so that when artists are touring over um, in Europe, I can add on a Dublin date. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason that works is because the back end of what people don't know about these events are is that people that are touring all the time don't tour and fly economy. Do you know what I mean? They need to sleep at some point. Uh, yeah. A business class flight is the guts of, you know, $4,000, maybe even five. Mm-hmm. Um, and f- unless you all want to be paying 50 quid for a show, I need to add on a date while they're already here. Um, yes. And that's really important. So, um uh, there's been two events that I cancelled so far because I was like, okay, I actually, one, I couldn't find the space in a diary for one. Mm-hmm. And one was they got all their UK dates done and um, they won't be back in in the UK next year. They've no plans. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't bring two people. That's 10 grand worth of flights straight away. So, um, you know, the, that would completely, that's without paying people, you know, the tickets are 20 euros. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? We're yeah, not yeah, talking, yeah. we're not talking the budget there to do that. So that's been frustrating. I think people um probably don't know what kind of goes in in terms of that. Um, But on a whole, I've been, I've been lucky because I've worked so much virtually that it's kept me very distracted. I think I would have gotten extremely depressed if I hadn't have had mm. that work um very early on adapting to um the the virtual way of performing meant yeah. that so many other companies saw that that was happening and then because so few people were actually successfully giving options of things that they could do for their staff I ended up working quite a lot but mm-hmm. if I hadn't have got that like I, I don't know how I would be right now I know? was on the opposite end and I actually decided to stop so like I was in a production stopped Mm -hmm. 
try to be like okay set myself a routine I'm going to learn this I'm going to do this I'm going to figure this out blah blah blah. it's going to be great I'm going to leave this pandemic just being able to step into any role it's going to be fab and within like I'd moved back to my parents and it was difficult because my sister was working full time I couldn't sing I couldn't play and within like a month or just over a month I was like can't do this this is soul destroying Mm -hmm. and I just stopped and I was Mm -hmm. just like I'm just not going to sing for a while not Mm going to perform a few virtual things happened, which was grand, but mm-hmm. it was more so a like, oh, which I isn't good for your voice either, by the way. So at the gig y- yesterday, I genu- I was looking forward to it, but I was mm-hmm. genuinely like, haven't sang properly in it. Like some yeah. of the stuff I was singing, I was like, haven't sang these. Like, let's see what happens. Yeah. You know? Totally. I you know, mean, you're an athlete at the end of the like, day. Yeah, you need to you need to train your yeah. like whatever it is to like I mean, I'm so out of breath performing at the moment because honestly delivery and Uber Eats were my best friends over <laughs> yeah. the last five hundred oh, days. Me too. So <laughs> you know, walking to Tesco's if I had to. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, like I, I heard say uh, Monet Exchange who's a drag queen from New York was uh, doing a podcast and they, she's a trained opera singer and they're mm-hmm. all like she's like I've gotten so many requests to do opera things and like honestly like to be that type of singer you need to be training all, all the, the time, time. And, and she's like I'd love to do it but the the I don't have the time in my schedule to not make a show myself basically oh you need like to be if you're at the top of your game like you have it's like going to the gym every yeah. day two hours mm-hmm. making sure you're taking breaks like drinking enough water yeah. eating right like it's a full on you have to give up your life for it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I suppose that opens up so many more questions now that I've had time off I've been like hmm, can I give certain things up anymore right. but like yeah then when people are like just sing it's grand you know to do yeah. it it's like just a little bit yeah. more tricky than yeah. that. And small crowds are intimidating. I don't know if, if you feel the same, but like a lot of artists I've spoken to, you know, like I'd rather go out for 3,000 people 100%. than 10 people. Yeah. I want to see into your soul. Like you, you keep your soul to yourself. Yeah. I want to absolutely have the stage lights on and feel the energy of 3,200 people. Yeah. And uh, that's when I'm not nervous. That's when I'm oh, like, absolutely. Oh, I'm going to nail this. Like, I always say I'm more nervous in like a session Mm -hmm. when my parents or aunts or uncles or family are like sing a song I'm like oh dear god I'm like this is like and like I sing literally with like my head down singing away and it's so much more intimidating and then they're like but you can do it in front of like this much and that much people Mm -hmm. you've performed here I'm like it's a different ball game you've also had weeks of rehearsals where you're like no I'm doing it's grand yeah there's also something like oh I'm booked and this is a job do you know what I mean such an important aspect of it I don't ask say if I don't have any cousins who like you know like stock stock shelves let's say I don't ask them to rearrange my fridge when I'm in like when they're in my home like that's such a better better metaphor than I've used I've literally been like to man's well why don't you do my taxes while you're here then yeah and I'm like oh it just doesn't have yeah. the same landing that I'm gonna use the stock in the shelves <laughs> stolen <laughs> do you know what I mean so yeah. there you go like it, it it's um like I can do things when I know I'm like in work mode that I could never do on yeah. a daily basis I like see drag messes with your head in that way in many ways the first like maybe seven or eight years I'm I'm working 17 years but like the first seven or eight years I thought all the power was in the drag and the the transformation and like and then it honestly broke down my own confidence when I was out of drag because Mm -hmm. people take such a special interest in you when you're all of a sudden you know looking 
crazy and OTT and then you're out of it and like nobody's really noticing you and that yeah. played in my mind. And then I like somewhere, honestly it was probably turning 30, realized that actually, no, it's the exact same thing. You yeah. just have a switch in your body that you're able to go, boom, right, let's go into work know. mode. It's nothing to do with the it's rest. It's similar to me, like with my singing, I always put my worth, my identity, everything in my mm-hmm. singing. And then when I wasn't doing that, or if I had like six months not working or whatever, my mental health would just go, ooh, yeah. like just drop, yeah. you know? But it was that thing, I was able to just then turn it on and step back into mm-hmm. it. Whereas you should just, you know, your worth shouldn't be there. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, oh no, Victoria, I feel great about myself. And then when you're Philip, you're like, I don't have that same feeling. Right. Because totally. you're still the same performer. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? It's it's just, it's a weird one. It took a long, and I don't know if, if people, everyone has that experience, but like I, w- mine was definitely connected to like just being an, Unconfident, uh, yeah. uh, only recently out homosexual man who didn't really feel that the world was going to accept me anyway. So I was ready yeah. f- to be rejected in so many ways. So anyway, that's a much deeper conversation. Much de- You have <laughs> opened so many conversations today. I am literally going to be like setting up a weekly call being like, let's go into this this week, Philip. Philip, thank you so much for joining me today. You've been oh, such a pleasure. I loved the chat. And especially as drag queens, we get asked the same questions all the time. So it was very exciting to answer different questions. Oh, I'm happy. That's actually topics. always one of my priorities to be like yeah. I go and listen and read up interviews and I'm like can't ask that can't ask that Loved and I'm it. like we need new information from Loved the person it. and just remember I don't read the news so don't trust anything that came out of my yeah, mouth exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> thank you so much thank you thank you so much to Philip for joining me to share his experience of what it is like to be an artist in the current climate every artist's experience is different and we welcome all experiences at Let's Talk About the Arts So please do get in touch if you would like to share your experience as we wait for the industry to get back on its feet. I'm Fergal Curtis and this has been Let's Talk About the Arts.